You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Great show lined up for you today. I want to spend the first 30 minutes, I don't know, possibly even more, talking about two of the most controversial uh, storylines this week. Keep in mind, I'm not on Monday through Friday, so this is my first opportunity to dive into uh, a number of these uh, hot storylines, hot topic storylines that hit Uh, the news wire this week. Obviously, one that's very near and dear to us here in New York, Brooklyn, that is, and that's the Nets and Kyrie Irving. And also, you know, in in speaking to a number of people, uh, friends and other colleagues in around the NFL, um, in regard to what what transpired this week with with John Gruden and and the Raiders, uh, there there is another storyline that I don't think feel, I, I don't feel is being discussed enough in regard to, what what transpired and what has happened and what possibly could continue to happen. So those are I, I want to focus on those the the first thirty minutes, if not more, on the show. Um, we're going to hear from Bobby Marks, former executive of the Nets. He's going to join us. Also, Steve Verderosa, good friend of mine, former scout, was with the Giants for over thirty years. Uh, we'll talk Giants. We'll get his take on the Raiders. Keep in mind, they have to travel to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos this week. And, of course, the game of the week is the Chargers against the Ravens, who two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's going to be fun. Cynthia Freeland is always around 1.30 this afternoon. We'll have a click or don't click coming your way that both Ty and Jake, who are producing the show, as always, lead the way. They kind of show us, tell us what's trending uh, in this uh, 12 to 3 o'clock hour. And then, of course, as always, Joe Wiz. He's got his own gambling shows here on 98.7 ESPN, and uh, he'll be joining us at 2.30 for, I'm sure, for some college football picks, uh, as well as some NFL plays and maybe some Major League Baseball. By the way, if you listened to Week and Wager last night, uh, we had a, a different time uh, that we, uh, we aired because, of course, the ALCS. If you did listen, 3-0, and baby, um, had Houston on the money line, had the over at 8, and also had... Um, Valdez, uh, was it Valdez? Hold on one second. I'm trying to think. I, I had a, a hitting prop bet. Um, Alvarez, Alvarez with at least one hit. So went 3-0, and which was great because full transparency with me, I will always be honest with you. Um, I totally uh, ate it on Thursday night. Game script, not what I thought it would be for the Eagles and the Bucks. which by the way, the Eagles, just a horrendous game but still only lost by a few points. I, I, I just, the, the, the final score does, did not dictate just how horrendous the Eagles played, which is, is, is pretty bizarre to me. So this is the first week that I'm heading into Sunday not playing with house money. Uh, and and that's, that's pretty disturbing to me. And so, uh, so I, w- I was able to recoup a little bit last night. So hopefully you guys tune into our Weekend Wager show brought to you by BetMGM Sports. So if you did last night, uh, we, uh, we, we, we went 3-0 and in, uh, in, of course, that Red Sox-Houston Astros game. Okay, 800-919-3776. So you know the show. You know we're with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Let's dive into it. And first and foremost, why don't we do this? I, I, I want to start with the NFL, and I want to start with Gruden. I want to start what's going on with the Raiders, okay? So, and, and, and again, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. It's, it's interesting to me that a number of people within my business and and friends don't know the full story here okay um and i know it's been a few days but but still you know i understand that the focus has been the content of the emails which is disgusting and horrendous and unacceptable and uh disgusting 
in regard to the content, the body of the emails that we heard from John Gruden. So let me preface by saying that, okay? And rightfully so, that should be the forefront, especially where we are right now in our country, right? Um, and all that has transpired and all that has happened and um, the Me Too movement, uh, you know, a, a number of things. Obviously, that we all know that we've been, you know, experiencing and, and dealing with and, and fighting that battle uh, for justice and, and civil rights and, and all kinds of stuff. So, but here, here's, here's another story to what has happened here, okay? So, these emails that were vetted out by whether it's, you know... Uh, a, a, a separate organization that the NFL brought in, whatever the case, the, the main reason that Bruce Allen's emails were vetted was because there is a case against the Washington football team for sexual harassment in the workplace. Okay. So you've got what I think they reported 70,000 emails that they're vetting that they're going through. And it just so happened while going through these emails, they, they came across these horrendous, you know, uh, anti-gay, misogynist, you know, uh, horrible emails from that we know that, of course, has been reported from uh, John Gruden. Okay. So then these emails get leaked to the Wall Street Journal, other news organizations, and, and, and that's what we experienced this week. The NFLPA has now come and... and and rightfully so, listen, I'm, I am behind the NFLPA and have said, you can't pick and choose what emails get leaked out. First of all, who's leaking these emails out? Where's the motivational factor here? Was this to hurt the Raiders? Was this to um, get John Gruden fired? What, who, who and what? And where's the motivational factor to leak these emails to the Wall Street Journal? And that, that, is, that is an individual who is wielding a ton of power. Okay? So, and, and we'll probably never know who leaked those emails. And I, I can care less. I don't want to know who leaked the emails. This is what I think needs to happen, though, and I'm with the NFLPA. All 70,000 of those emails need to be... If you, if you are going to go on a witch hunt and be selective in regard to what emails receive the public eye, they all have to. They all should. And... You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that there are, and, and there's reports out there that came out last night that there's, you know, based on the, the research that they've done, whoever they are, uh, that, you know, there's no more emails, A, from John Gruden to anyone else uh, in regard to, you know, uh, the content that he had emailed. But what if there, what if there are other storylines? What if there are other things? And I, and I understand also this week there were emails that, that also that were reported from an attorney within the NFL offices 
with close relationships, close, close relation with Bruce Allen, and, and those those got leaked as well. But who, wh- whoever is doing this is being very selective in regard to who they're outing and what they're outing. This is as much as a story as what happened to John Gruden. And I'm not saying that what John Gruden did isn't worse. It's not about what's worse. It's, it's about what's right and what's wrong. What John Gruden did is wrong. Whoever is leaking these emails and wielding this power, and who knows, who knows what else is going on behind closed doors in regard to bribes, you know, maybe bribes are going on here. Hey, listen, I've got these. I know that you sent this to Bruce Allen. I know that you sent this to Dan Snyder. I know, I know, I know. We don't know. I will tell you something. I know this. I've been in this business a long time. I know there are a number of executives, and I know there's a number of media folk out there that are terrified right now. So what does that tell you? It tells me that there is more stuff out there that could be leaked, that could be damaging to somebody's career. Maybe not in the same regard as John Gruden. Could be a whole different situation. And I'm not going to sit here and speculate. That's not my job. My point is, it's what's right and what's wrong. And what's happening at the league offices and what's happening with these emails being leaked is wrong. And not to say that what needed to come out with John Gruden, it needed to come out. John Gruden needed to be fired. John Gruden will probably never work again. And rightfully so. He should not. Not for a network, not for a team. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what, what is right and what is wrong. And what is wrong is more than just John Gruden. It's the way that this entire thing has been handled. It's the way that this entire thing has come down. And I fully support the NFLPA and D and the folks over there petitioning that all 70,000 of these emails need to be released to the public and reviewed by everyone to see what else is in there. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I do want to get your calls. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Danny in Long Island. Danny, you're up. Welcome in. Good afternoon, Anita. By the way, my fantasy team did not score a single touchdown last week, and now Chris Carson goes to the IR. Things are going well. But oh, I'm sorry. On the, oh, it's, well, whatever. In the case at hand, you know, it's funny. When this, when this first broke and Gruden gave his little lame explanation for the first person he insulted, I, I was willing to at least listen to it because as a person in law enforcement, I don't tend to execute people over one line of an email. I like to have seen the entire email as to see if the entire gist of the conversation was that Gruden didn't believe the uh, union president's, you know what I'm saying, the entire email. But we didn't get that. But then he went completely over the line and said some vulgar and terrible things about people that were not explainable and have no place to be there. So I'm not going to cry a tear over his demise. However, you bring up a fascinating point because obviously there's civil litigation going on and that that the president of the Redskins' uh, emails were subject to being reviewed. The legal matter is, in the, in the course of reviewing those emails, is that law firm responsible for safeguarding any other personal things that would come out? For instance, if uh, Mr. Allen was having an affair, you know, anything in his personal relationship, 
that had nothing to do with those emails, is it against the law that they leak them? And so there is a rule of law in this country. Now, for instance, if other things would have came out, somebody did not safeguard those that private information that that was irrelevant to the investigation that they were there to look at. So somebody put the screw to John, held that for a great period of time, and then waited to the right moment. And again, they dropped the first one about the president. And then when that apparently John Gruden was going to survive that, they released the rest of them. So obviously a, a, a well-thought-out plan of attack. Uh, uh, and now, I, I, like I said, I'm not going to cry a river of tears, but there is a rule of law. And if somebody broke the law in, in getting John Gruden exposed, well, then John Gruden, just like everybody else, will have his day in court. Am I not wrong? Um, Danny, I, I, I'm not, and thank you for the phone call. Sorry about your fantasy team. Uh, wrong or right, I, I think John Gruden just needs to, to go away. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the course of action is for John Gruden. I'm not going to sit here and speculate. Um, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, his entire, his, 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 his career is over. Uh, he will never be viewed as the same. Um, I'm not going to sit here and speculate, uh, but the, the point that I wanted to make, and I don't think is being discussed enough is, you know, uh, it, there's two wrongs here. Uh, one is obviously what, what, what John Gruden wrote in those emails to Bruce Allen. But the other wrong here is the fact that, um, you've got somebody out there wielding a boatload of power, leaking these emails. Do we really know what's happening behind closed doors? And again, I, I just I'm 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 all for the NFLPA. I think they're absolutely right. I think all seventy thousand emails need to be released. You can't pick and choose who you're going to take down, and that's what somebody is doing. That's what somebody is doing. Let's go to Kevin in Jersey. Kevin, you're up. Nita. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Um, love your show. First time. Um, the gentleman just before me had a great point about the legality of, you know, with the emails, you know, letting them out. But here's my thing. There's a bigger picture going on here. Um, African-American American has been crying racism for a long time. And many times it has been discredited and just kind of dismissed. But see, what's happening now, the technology is actually showing what's been going on for so many years in this country. And what's happening is... I, don't, I think it's right for that person to let those emails go so that we can clean up some of this stuff and give other people opportunities in areas that they've never had opportunities in because of racism. And that's my point. That's all I wanted to say. Appreciate the phone, appreciate the phone call. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really it's, – uh, listen, here's another thing. I don't think, we've, I don't think we've, we've heard or seen the end of this, by the way. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if more emails are leaked, if, if, if there's more storylines out there. Um, you know, there was a, there was a, a, a story, a, another part of this email chain, I, I guess was Adam Schefter had sent, um, a, a, a column that he was going to file on ESPN to Bruce Allen for Bruce Allen to review, to make sure that all the facts were straight. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that, that's, that's Adam Schefter being professional. That's Adam Schefter saying, hey, listen, 
this uh, this column is going to drop. I'm going to re- it's 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 going to go up on ESPN. If you can review it, make sure it's factual. Make sure that I've got all my T's crossed and all my I's dotted. That happens quite frequently, and it should, because as as somebody who's you know his reputation and whatnot, like like Adam Schefter, you 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 need. I mean, your whole reputation is on on what you get right and what you get wrong. Um. I just, I, I just, uh, my gut's telling me that there's going to be more that's going to come out and, uh, and, and to make this less of a, a witch hunt and more of a just full transparency, release all 70,000, release all 70,000. Let's go to Alex in Jersey. Alex, you're up. Hey, hey, Anita, how are you? Good, good afternoon. Yeah, good. Um, I, I just wanted to just simply add in, you know, the fact that people are surprised that these other emails are being uh, covered up is laughable to me. You're talking about the same organization in the NFL that covered up Spygate. They destroyed those videos of other teams that, that uh, Bill Belichick had on other teams. The NFL, Roger Goodell, destroyed those tapes. So you don't think they'll cover up emails regarding this, where there's probably a lot of other emails out there from other executives who probably have the same type of viewpoint that Gruden does. Why was he emailing uh, Bruce Allen in the first place if he probably wasn't agreeing with him? But yet they're covering up those emails and leaving John Gruden out, you know, uh, out, out for pasture. So point being, just a reminder to all the folks out there, the fact that they're surprised that a cover-up is going on, trust me, it is. And it's the same organization that covered up Spygate. Okay, so thank you for your time. Thank you. Let's go to D in Queens. D, you're up. I mean, Anita, you're talking to the Lamar Jackson fan club. Me and you are the only ones who thought <laughs> he should have gone number one overall. Look and look at D. And... Wait, really, D, D, really quick before before you go on. A, look at him now. And oh, by the way, Rashad Bateman just came off of IR. I'm not expecting big things this week against the Chargers. They're going to work him in slowly. But let me tell you something. You, ha- you haven't seen anything yet. When Bateman is, as, is at 100%, Lamar Jackson, his passing stats, all of that are going to go through the roof. Just wait. I can't. I can't wait, as Mark Scott likes to say. Rashad Bateman. Well, if you don't have him on your fantasy team, hashtag run, don't walk. Go grab him right now. That relates to what I'm about to say. Like, in those emails, if I'm, if I'm um, Colin Kaepernick, I get, my, I get my lawyer on the phone. Cam doing. That might be why he's not in the league right now. Shoot. Um, like, one of the best punters in the league. Um was on the Raiders, and he got kicked out of the league because probably something, you know, we're going to act like John Gruden doesn't have influence on top of it. You see the pattern I'm getting at where Lamar Jackson is making the least amount of money in everyone in his draft class, and he is hand down the best quarterback. What else is going on in the league that they're trying to cover up that, you know, the feds might have to come in? That's how bad I think those emails are. Like if I'm if I'm like if I'm a blackhead coach, Colin Kaepernick, even people like Deshaun Watson who were drafted lower than they should have been, I go. I start going. I start looking to sue the NFL. Well, this is why. This is why. This is why. DD, thanks for the phone call. Uh, This is this is why the NFLPA has stepped in and and they're petitioning. They're doing everything they can to try to get all these emails released. Right. And, and, and that's what they're trying to do. And, and, and I back them and I support them and I think it's the right thing. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh. 
Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. That music only means one thing. Cynthia Freeland joins us each and every Saturday afternoon around 1.30. Cynthia, hi. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I want those boots. You're sporting on Instagram. Yeah, they're great. Oh, my boots. Yeah, they're Steve Madden. They're, they're not even expensive, so go get some. Oh, man. Those are hot. I like those. Check, check Cynthia out on Instagram. She's, uh, she's behind a camera and sporting some, some sexy boots. Um, so, so we're heading into week six. Let's start right here in our own backyard. You've got the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones, two thumbs up, has been cleared. Surprising to me, by the way. Um, to play. Hopefully he makes it through all four quarters against that Rams defense. Giants getting nine. I don't like the line. Um, I'm going to use this as a, as, as a two team, six point teaser. I'll, I'll use it and I'll tease the Rams down to, to minus three. That that's how I'm going to utilize this game. Thoughts on this game. What you like, what, what don't you like? Yeah, I think this one's a, a big old stay away from. I mean, I guess you're, if you're going to tease it, then that's different. But in terms of just anything normal, it's a big old stay away. Like, I'm not even sure that injury report, other than Daniel Jones, is also incredibly long, like 50 miles long. So I just feel like that's one where you're maybe like, maybe you like look at something with Kadarius Tony, maybe if you're really, really feeling it. But I, I don't know. I'm staying away from anything to do with that, at least on a straight up sort of situation. I actually, it's very interesting. I like the Kadarius Tony under, um, you know, I, I do believe, you know, he's such a hothead. We saw it last week. You, you punch a helmet. Okay. Um, but, you know, you, you know better than I because you're out there in, in L.A. You know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, loves to talk smack. He likes to get underneath the skin, inside the head. And so for a young, immature uh you know, player like Kadarius Tony, that could be a recipe for disaster. Sure, except I just don't think the game's going to be within reach. So I just don't think it's going to be something where, you know, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be something where he he has to get that frustrated at that. If you know what I mean, like he's. He, I think they'll just. I don't think Jalen Ramsey's going to waste his time in that scenario, right? Um, Raiders. <laughs> Maybe I'm just just I'm playing the unders with Kadarius Tony. Um, so the the Raiders going to Denver after everything that they've had to to deal with players taking, you know, personal days like you know Nassib, which understandably so, um, then having to travel to Denver. I don't think enough is being said about how listen, John Gruden played the, you know was, was called the plays, uh, you know. So now you've got a whole new offensive coordinator. Um, making the calling the plays. I just I, I think this this really could get ugly quickly. I, I do like I do like Denver minus four. I'm with you on that. Although I will say, yesterday on Give Me View, Hawk made a good point, and he said it's like the ding dong the witch is dead, and that means that teams when they fire a coach, they often like they they're happier because maybe the coach was the problem. Now I don't know. This seems pretty un, unprecedented, so it's I don't know if they're the players really hated him as much as they often hate coaches who are departing on losing teams in other scenarios, like when it's just about losing. So I will say the only contrarian point to that, and it's not a math point, so it's not one that you know, I wouldn't, that, that doesn't really work for me, but I, I do see it as something players believe in. So at least it's worth, it's at least it's worth considering. Uh, there, there, there's some, some sharp money on, uh, on two teams that, 
are a little surprising to me. One is the Houston Texans plus 10 at Indianapolis, and the other is the Patriots plus 3.5 at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, either either of those the dog Patriots plays. The Patriots make sense to me. The Patriots plus 3.5 against Dallas. Why? Well, a couple of reasons. First, the funny part about Dallas is, you know, like, look, like life's about managing expectations, right? At the beginning of the season, we expected their defense to be awful. They ended up being good, but not, but how good, right? Everything's about magnitude. If we go into it thinking something's going to be terrible and it's not that bad, then sometimes we swing the other way, especially with the team that's as popular as the Cowboys. Like you swing a little too far the other way and maybe you don't say like, okay, maybe they rank like middle of the road, not necessarily top five defense, right? So I would argue that Bill Belichick could probably create enough of a problem or headache for them to, for them to keep it a little bit closer. So I don't think that, I don't necessarily think that, you know, I don't think that the Cowboys are going to get upset, but I do think this could be one of those sort of trap games where they find themselves in a situation where, you know, they, they, they just, it's not, it's not their deep. We over, we, we went, we, the pendulum swung too far. Okay. Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see her all over the NFL network each and every day. And, um, and of course, tomorrow, Sunday morning. Um, one of my favorite dogs this week is Carolina at home, plus two and a half. You can get them on the money line at plus 125 against Minnesota. Big reason here is pressure rate. Carolina, one of the best uh, teams getting pressure on a quarterback. Kirk Cousins does not like pressure at all. And vice versa with the Minnesota Vikings, one of the least amount of pressure rates on quarterbacks and when Daniel when 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 Dan uh, uh when Sam Darnold is not pressured he sits back there and the world is his oyster so uh and I, I like over six and a half receptions for DJ Moore tomorrow as well so your your thoughts on the Panthers Vikings game we are completely aligned on this one I even wrote a whole article about how I think they're my upset pick of the week oh wow okay all right, I, I, I like I that. Of course, I better if Christian McCaffrey were playing, but that would change the line. So <laughs> yeah, but Hubbard has Hubbard has, actually he's, he's he's filled the void. Fine, I mean, granted, he's no Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely, but, right? Absolutely. Right. Um, also, I like Cincinnati here. Um, it's minus three and a half. If you want to buy the hook down and you can get it minus three at minus at, at, at minus one twenty five, fine. But man, buy I, it I love up. buy it up. Don't, no, buy no. it. Take the better odds. And- Buy it up. The what? To minus, what, like minus six, minus six and a half? What? Yeah, keep it under a touchdown because garbage time is like a Dan Campbell special. But, like, you know, let's be honest. I think that that line is really messy. Like, I have no idea why. What, who, who are they even trotting out there for receivers? Amon Ross St. Brown? Because he's got a chance. Yeah. Nope. So, like, this, is a so bad, si- this is a bad news situation. So, Cincinnati, minus six and a half, is it plus 135? Yep. There is that is that Way is better. that how you would play it? Okay, <laughs> that's exactly how I would play it. You're so funny. You're so funny. Uh, what about I we? We got Dan Campbell to be in the booth. <laughs> Man, he got he got, all, he got all he got all teary eyed last week. Had me had me getting had me a little emotional um, at the end of the day on Sunday. Uh, the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars play tomorrow morning at nine thirty a.m. Came across an interesting stat for you. Follow me here, right? And this might surprise some folks. So the Jacksonville Jaguars have not made a field goal this season. Not one, okay? Uh, Josh, Josh Lambeau, who their field goal kicker, he's 0 for 3, um, 1 from 40, 2 from 50, it's 0 for 3, 
and he's five of seven with extra points. Okay. Now there, there are, uh, they're the first team since 1962, the Minnesota Vikings to go without a field goal in five games into the season. And the last team without a made field goal through six games was the 1956 Baltimore Colts. That's how long it's been. You could wager that the longest field goal made will be by Miami for minus 105. Great. I mean, how, how about that? First of all, they've only, they've only even tried three field goals. That's it. They've only tried three field goals in, in Josh, <laughs> who, by the way, looks like a, a dude from Game of Thrones. He looks like, a, I don't know, somebody who was like, you know, um, winter is coming. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah. O, he's over three, five of seven with extra points. But I, I mean, how great is that? Longest field goal made. You could wager it'll be the Miami Dolphins at minus one hundred five. How that's easy money, man. Right? Great, do it. Ridiculous. Right? Like, isn't that isn't that a fun, isn't that a fun fact that um, you could cash out in? Very fun, but it's like how like what a sad like that's a sad team for many reasons. But like, oh my god, like that's ridiculous. We've so, special teams on. <laughs> so, all right, two, two, two more games I want to tee up for you before we start talking fantasy, and um, and that is what's going on with Arizona and Cleveland. So, news today, news last night actually it came out around eight o'clock last night, is that uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, is is in COVID protocol, so he's not going to be able to coach. On top of that, uh, Kyler Murray is dealing with a shoulder issue. If you watched last game, wasn't tossing the rock like he has in previous weeks, um, and uh, and and this is a team that's going up against uh, the, the the Cleveland Browns. So Cleveland minus six. I th- hold on one second. Wait, is that the right line? You know what? It's off the board. No, there it is. I'm sorry. Cleveland minus three and a half at home against Arizona. I I I didn't have a play in this game prior to the news that that Kingsbury. Is, is not going to be on the sideline. Your thoughts, are you, are you going to play this at all? Here's my, here's my problem with that. There's also no Nick Chubb. I don't know. I mean, like, if I were to even touch this game with a, with a 10-foot pole, i got to wait till the injury report and do kind of a lap, like, wait, wait until the last minute. Because let's be honest, like, if there's no Jadavion Clowney, which he should be playing, but you never know until that actually happens. Then you got to know who in the secondary is actually playing. This is like one of those games that could end on like some wacky special teams play. Like, I don't know. I, I'm staying away from this one. I guess if the injury report comes out and all the Browns and a lot of the Browns players are playing and there's no Cliff Kingsbury, then I'm absolutely with you. But this one just seems like, I don't know. It seems like you're just like maybe look at like a Kareem Hunt. I think I think I saw something where it was like 90 rushing yards for Kareem Hunt. I like an over for that. But like other than that. Like I'm staying away from like anything that's this could be some weird garbagey thing. Yeah, if you have Kareem Hunt in in fantasy, if he's on your roster, uh, he's going to crush it. Arizona, one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Okay, uh, let's 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 end our uh, our NFL gambling discussion on this. And this is my favorite play. And, and and explain this to me. How are the Bills only favored by five and a half? What what what, what I am I missing? Think- what am I missing here? What am I missing? Something's wrong. This should be nine and a half. What what am I missing? I think part of what I think what is like influencing that is that like people are like oh the Bills defense can't stop the run and Derrick Henry's great and blah blah blah. But I did see Matt Milano is slated to play. That's what his coach said this morning, which is a really big deal because that will help against the run. But 
you know, one player does not an entire team make. So I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm missing here, but like, just go take it. Like just, you know, I, I, I guess it's, maybe they just want to get your money in their ecosystem. I'm not sure. But when I look to see this game, I, I don't know. Like I don't understand where that comes from either. I just, this, the, the okay. line is just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me. It, it, it really is. Okay. Um, Cynthia, as always, we, we like to end our discussion with you talking all things fantasy football and uh, talk about some of the players that are flying low on the radar heading into this week. And as always, we, we, with with quarterbacks, I'll throw one out away, and that is uh, Heineke. Love Heineke this week against Kansas City. How can you not? Unless there's no, I'm worried about no Terry McLaurin. Like if there's no Terry McLaurin, I don't like Heineke as much. And I, and at some point, the Chiefs defense will play a little bit better. And I think you know the Chiefs were again it's that magnitude thing where you're like, okay, you know, maybe we've underestimated one or the other. Like. I think you're actually better off playing for fantasy sake, not for real life sake, but like fantasy sake, you're probably better off playing Trevor Lawrence, which sounds kind of crazy, but his rushing value and the ability for him to use his legs lately has added a ton of fantasy points. So I'm just a little worried about Heineke without, if there's no Terry McLaurin. So that's kind of, that's my, that's my thing. Plus anytime the fantasy community is like, so all on the same person, they inevitably suck. So that's why I'm very worried about that as well. <laughs> um, another guy that I like is, is Joe Burrow. Love Joe Burrow. Yes, take everyone against the Dolphins and twice on Sunday. I mean, against the Lions, rather, and twice on Sunday. And, and that, that's, that's a huge statement coming from somebody who's, who's from the area. Um, okay, let, let's, oh, let's just, talk I running backs. The Lions for, you know, millions of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk running backs. Uh, you know, again, if, if you've got if you've got Kareem Hunt, it, it's really set up for you nicely. Um, you know, because it's, it's it's a beautiful, it's a juicy rushing matchup for for Hunt, and and he will dominate the touches in that backfield for the Cleveland Browns. But what are some of the other running backs you're you're eyeing this week? Yeah, I mean, like I think everyone's talking about Devontae Booker a lot. I'm a little fearful of him, but I do think on the other side of that matchup, I think Daryl Henderson is in a good spot, especially in a game where there's a lot of missing pieces for the Giants, but the Rams game plan will likely include a lot more runs because they don't want to have to mess with like, you know, like when, when things change and there's so many injuries, often you get weird stuff happen and weird stuff is often that's when people can get hurt. So I think run the ball, make something really regular. I think for, for daily fantasy, he's just super underpriced. So that's what I really like as well. Um, a guy that I like as well, I'm going to be using in a lot of DFS is Darrell Williams uh, in, in that backfield for the Kansas City Chiefs against Washington. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that's a great one too. I like, you know, look, I, I think you could also look at Khalil Herbert for the Bears. Just if you're looking for people who are injury replacements that are in, in decent spot to, to perform, I think that's a good one as well, Khalil Herbert. Some uh, some wide receivers that I'm eyeing this week. I, I love Michael Pittman for the Colts. Um, I love Jamar Chase for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, who who are some of the wide receivers you're eyeing? I love both of them. I'm also thinking, okay, let's let's look and see who where can we like you know Rondale Moore was really a big target. I know I didn't like much about this Browns and Arizona game, but I think we saw something from Rondell Moore last week. If you're looking for someone that's lower priced, I'm not suggesting you would, you know, start him in place of one of your regular season long starters. But in daily, he could be an underpriced guy for a tournament. 
that would give me some great disproportionate value compared to some other guys. And at tight end, uh, we we gave the Ricky Seals Jones nugget last week. Hopefully, you jumped on it then, so you didn't have to battle out for him on Saturday night heading into Wednesday. Um, I'm gonna tee him up again this week. Uh, what are some of the other tight ends you like? I would definitely run that one back. I also like Jared Cook. I think if you look to see where the Ravens get up, give up just a bunch of points, it's to slot receivers or people who line up in the slot. And that's a lot of where Jared Cook does his damage. So I think take the take the low-hanging fruit. It tastes just as good. And the Jared Cook low-hanging low fruit there is a great tight end value-wise. Great stuff as always, Cynthia. Thank you so much. Uh, love hearing you on Saturday with us. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday afternoon, and good luck in week six. Thank you, too. Tell the guys hello for me tomorrow. I will. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's crushing it, by the way. And, you know, he's he's just he's launching a, a new by the way. Did you hear he's launching a gambling show on MSG? I think she's gone. I think we just lost her. So uh, so if you hopefully you guys are listening to our New York game day. Um, it's me, Matthias Kiwanuka and Mike Tannenbaum. We kick off tomorrow morning, 7 to 8 a.m. back on a regular time slot. Uh, I'll come to you with fantasy forecast, getting you ready for week six of the fantasy for fantasy season. And then Matthias joins me at nine at, I'm sorry, at 8 a.m. We kick off New York game day. We're with you. Jordan Renan is going to join us at 830. Give us some Giants preview, getting ready for the Rams. And then um, and then at uh, at 10 a.m., Mike Tannenbaum joins us and we're with you until 11 o'clock. Of course, the Jets are off this week. They have a bye. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7. ESPN. Jake was asking me, if you recall, last week on Sunday, I had committed to going to see this pumpkin blaze in uh, in Terrytown. Um, and so I was really distraught about it because you had the, the, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City game on that on that Sunday night, and, and I was gonna miss it, and I was really upset about it, but I had, you know, committed to going and you know, I, I I said yes, and I, I didn't. I didn't check the date. I didn't realize that, you know, I'd be asked to go see something on a Sunday. You know, it's like the biggest work day of my my week. So uh, and and so apparently, you know, it's really hard to get these tickets. It's really hard to like go see this. And so I, you know, I put my best foot forward. Was really positive about it. Yay! All right, let's go. And so I went. And let me tell you something. It's a ama- Jake. It's amazing. It's. Well, it's, to, it's to miss the Bills-Chiefs uh, game, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it was amazing. I actually ended up going to Six Flags on Sunday night. I went to the big Fright Fest. You know, Six Flags has all of those haunted houses and mazes. So yeah, I, not for me. Not <laughs> yeah, for me. so I ended mm-hmm. up missing the Bills-Chiefs game on Sunday night, but apparently the Chiefs missed the game too, so we didn't miss much, yeah. so I'm glad you had a great time. Yeah, so if, if you... I'm sure folks, I'm sure there's folks, some folks out there listening to the show who've, who've heard of this before. It, again, it's called the pumpkin blaze. It's any, any course, it's 7,000 pumpkins uh, that have been artistically designed, created uh, in a way uh, that, and, and produced and put on display in a way uh, that is uh, unbelievable. I, I can't like, I don't even like words can't even express you know, um, how artistic and how unbelievable the, the, the artistic experience is. So if I, apparently it's, it, it goes through the end of November. So, um, if you have an opportunity and I highly recommend, uh, it's, it's, it's a great, here's a thing. 
I know a lot of dudes listen to this show. Like, it's a great date night. Oh man, you if you if you were if if a dude was to surprise me on a date and take me there, whoa, whoa. I have um, an important question for you, Anita. Do you have a uh-huh. Halloween costume yet? No, I I'm not. I'm not an, I'm not a Halloween person. It's not for me. Do you not dress like, your dogs on Halloween? Of course I dress my dogs and I take pictures and I post them on my Instagram and my Twitter and you know every, I get a lot of likes and everybody loves the dogs in in costume and I've just I've just never I've just never really been a fan of of Halloween and you just said like you went to a haunted house like why would you subject yourself like do you really do, like do you get like I, I just why would anyone want to feel scared. Like, I don't like, why do you subject yourself? Why do you put yourself in certain situations where you're just, where you're scaring yourself? Well, I thought it was really funny because before we went into the haunted house, the people that worked there were giving you all these rules, like don't touch the workers and we won't touch you. And then at the very end, the woman said, and please make sure not to bite any of the workers. And someone said, bite the workers. And she said, yes, yesterday we had someone who got really scared and ended up biting one of our workers. So when Ah! you have to explain to not bite the workers, I guess people do get really scared going through them. But for me, I mean, I'm just going for the fun of it. I'm not going in like petrified. But a few of the girls that I were with um, certainly uh, were horrified online. But but Jake, Jake, that's that's part. That's what it's about. You go to a haunted house. You go to a haunted house because you're 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 being frightened. But like you're, this is what I, you're paying, you're paying to have that experience. Like, I don't get it. Who wants to feel that way? Apparently people do and people will pay good money for it. Uh, Six Flags, I'm sure is making, you know, quite the uh, handsome amount of money. I'm sure. I'd rather go to the pumpkin blaze and uh, take it, take it from me. Little nugget. I'm always, I'm always here for relationship um, advice and, and, and help. A uh, great, unbelievable date night for the wifey, the girlfriend, whatever, significant other. Uh, look into it. Try to get tickets. I know they're hard to get, but it's called the Pumpkin Blaze in Terrytown. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Joe Wiz on 98.7 ESPN is brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Joe, 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 what's up, what's up? It's the middle of October, it's 80 degrees now, and it's going to be 40 degrees tomorrow, so that's what's up. <laughs> is it? Is it going to be 40 tomorrow? Well, no, they said about 50, but I hate cold weather, so I'm not really loving it, but I'm enjoying the warm weather while we have it. What since since you're playing weatherman right now? Do you know what do you know what it's supposed to be like next week? I've got a big golf tournament on Wednesday at uh, Fiddler's Elbow. It's gonna be 60s and sunny. I was a meteorologist in uh, grammar school. I was a class meteorologist, so I'm glad you asked. So with 60s, you'll be fine, Anita. Just uh, be ready to uh, dress appropriately, as they say. But uh, absolutely, you'll be ready. And I heard you're a good golfer. I need someone to teach me how to play golf because I don't know how to play golf. I hate playing golf dressed as the Michelin man, so hopefully it won't be too cold. Anyway, uh, let's talk about our bets. I, I know that you don't have any Major League Baseball bets right now, but we've got a game that's, uh, that's kicking off at 420. Um, that's the Red Sox and the Astros, and then later on tonight, uh, the Dodgers and the Braves. Um, I like Atlanta. Uh, I like Atlanta winning the series, by the way, and I like Atlanta today. Um, 
you know, the, the, the Dodgers, they've struggled against lefties this season. And, uh, and, you know, they played around with their rotation, uh, to, to get, to get into, to, to, to beat the giants, to get to this series. Uh, and also I like this under eight runs. Those are my two plays in that Atlanta, uh, Dodgers game. So I like Atlanta on the money line and I like, and I like the under at eight. You know, it's funny, Anita, I see this line here, it's all over the place. I see Dodgers favored by minus 130, and then another book, I see the Atlanta Braves, a small favorite, a dollar five. So there's a big disparity in the line, and what's interesting here, the Dodgers are going to go with Neville again as the starter. Mm-hmm. They, they, I don't know why, why they do that, but um, uh, I do think that the intangible factor for game one favors the Braves because the Dodgers are coming off of such an emotional win over mm-hmm. San Francisco, traveling to Atlanta. The Braves, are, you know, the Braves have no excuses here. Hey, let's and they almost knocked off the Dodgers last year and took them seven games for the Dodgers to win. Um, I'm on you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking for the Braves. And I like the under. I mean, neither of these teams uh, exactly, you know, you know, light up the scorecard, the, the scoreboard. That's for sure. Um, so those are my two plays. Atlanta on the money line, get the best, uh, you know, uh, value you can, and and under at eight. Let's talk about some college football. There's a few plays you like. UCLA and Washington. What's your play here? Well, we take a look at it here. I'm not sure why Washington is favored in this game here. They opened up like a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's down to one-and-a-half in some sharp books that I see right now. The Bruins have scored 33 points in seven of more, uh, 33 or more points in seven of their eight games. Huskies have struggled. In the last nine games, they're just two and nine against the spread. I think head, uh, Coach Chip Kelly's going to have his team ready. He's got two good running backs in Zach Carbonat uh, and Britton Brown. They both rushed for over 100 yards last week against Arizona. Look for UCLA to take the lead and never look back. I posted it on my Twitter handle, Joe is Sports. It's right there for people that want it. They want transparency. And everyone's like, hey, Joe is. you always say you win. Prove it to me. Well, I just did. Take UCLA, wrong team favorite. Purdue and Iowa. I'm on the Purdue side here. Iowa let me down big time last week. Burn me once, shame on, shame on me. No, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. I think that's <laughs> the way that it goes. What side are you on here? Well, you know, when you take a look at it, I know you and I had a friendly wager there, and I texted you when it was 17-3, and then Penn State quarterback got knocked out, and that was the end of it. Then if Penn State quarterback doesn't get knocked out, Iowa loses the game by three touchdowns. With mm-hmm. that being said, Iowa is overrated, okay? I, I'm sorry. They're 6-0. and I don't think they have the number two team in the country. I know they have a really good defense and an Iowa just 13 points per game, but listen, Kirk Ferentz has done a great job with this team here, but Purdue has had two weeks to prepare for this game, and whenever Purdue plays a game, whoever the dog is in that game is 15-4 and against the spread. We cannot ignore that, and we certainly can't ignore Iowa, you know, with, with a struggling offense here. Their offense is not that good. Even Spencer Petras, he's 12 2 at a starter, but last year one of his two losses was against his Purdue team here. I'm not calling for the outright upset, but I am calling for a live dog with Purdue to get in there and get the double digits at Kinnick Stadium. Purdue plus the 11. We're going to the bank and eater. Ole Miss and Tennessee. I'm on the Ole Miss side. What's your play in this one? I disagree on this game here. The line is dropping in this game, and that's not the reason why I like it. Ten, Mississippi opened up as a three-point favorite. The line's down to one right now as we speak at 7.30. This game goes at 7.30. Um, this is going to be a shootout. It's one of the highest totals in either I've seen all year long in college football. It's 82 points. So last man standing. I know Corral's a great quarterback for, Mem- for Mississippi, but the Vols get the upset if you want to call it an upset, getting one at home. All right, let's uh, turn our attention to what's going on in the NFL week six and one of the biggest games 
And, and, and it's at 1 o'clock. Can you believe it? It's the Chargers and the Ravens, two excellent quarterbacks. I like the Chargers here getting the points. I actually I jumped on them at plus 3.5. It's now down to plus 2.5. What's your play? I don't trust the Ravens. Um, you know, I know they've won 18 of 22 at M&T, but they've, uh, they, they should have lost Monday night. I had the Colts plus 7.5 on the money line, plus I took the 7.5, and, and I thought I was going to get the money line better, plus, almost plus 300. I was happy to get the cover with them, but the Ravens really can't be trusted. I mean, let's face it, they should have two other losses. I mean, KC had them beat, and KC was lining up for a field goal before Claire Edwards fumbled the ball, and then the Detroit Lions should have beat them as well, and they needed a 66-yard field goal to win at Detroit. Um, so here, the Chargers with Justin Herbert, he had a great game last week against Cleveland. The better quarterback is Herbert, and Chargers are 10-4 and four against the spread as road dogs, perhaps the wrong team's favorite here, Anita. I'm on the same side you are. I'm taking the live dog with the Chargers plus the three. Arizona and Cleveland, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the uh, Arizona head coach, has been ruled out because of COVID. And also you've got Murray, who's dealing with a shoulder injury to his throwing side of his arm. Um, I, I still, I still don't have a good grip on this game. I don't know if I'm going to, I've got to play here. I, I'm curious. What's yours? Arizona has been one of the biggest surprises this year, them and Kansas City, for different reasons. Arizona because they're unbeaten, and Kansas City because they're two and three. But um, Arizona is the real deal. I mean, they've won the you know two times they've been on the road as dogs. They won at Tennessee and they won at the Rams. So you know they got great pass rushers, and JJ Watt has made a big difference. And of course, Chandler Jones is out, out is outstanding. And this is a battle of Heisman winners from Oklahoma. And you know that Kyle Kyler Murray and both Baker Mayfield. Uh, let me tell you something here. I think that Cleveland is the right side in this game here, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I'd rather take a shot with the total here and play over 49 because, um, you know, I, my only question mark is, as I mentioned, Murray's a little banged up. I'm not too concerned about the coach not being on the sidelines. I'm more concerned about, uh, you know, the uh, Murray situation. I'm going to have to pay careful attention to that. The total's at 49. I think this game's going to go over the total, and Cleveland does give Arizona their first loss of the season. Oh, I am concerned that that Kingsbury is not on the sideline. I mean, he he he, he calls the plays. You know, it's it's well, one thing for I, it's I, one I, thing for a head coach, but you're, he's a head coach slash offensive coordinator. He's not on the sidelines, so you know that 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 is that is a big. I mean, you know, he's responsible for the ebb and flow of of the offense past the the first right, fifteen to sixteen scripted you, plays. But don't you think that they are discussing the whole strategy right now? I know everything happens in real time, but right now, Tyler Murray's having to sit down with uh, Clingsbury and going over everything that's going to go over there. And they have their assistant coaches. And, of course, it's a mild concern. For me, it's a mild. I understand you're making it – you feel it's a bigger role. Uh, to me, I don't think so. I think once to, once to get on the field, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for Cleveland. I mean, they've rushed for 150 yards or more in every single game. They rushed for 230 rushing yards last week at the Chargers and still lost the game. So uh, Arizona's going to have to figure out a way to stopping the rushing attack, and um, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I know Chubb is out for the Browns, but I still think that Cleveland controls the clock here, and um, I'm expecting the Browns to come up with a big win here to, tomorrow. But I, I wouldn't like be the total over. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that Cleveland wins again because I, I do have some major concerns about Kingsbury, but I, I don't know about that over. Um, before we let you go, let's talk about the NBA. It kicks off in just a few days. Uh, what are your expectations? Let's start with the Nets. I spent a good portion of the show this morning this, or early this afternoon talking about the Nets and all that's going on there. Um, you know, win total, you know, how do you think they finish in the East? What, what, what are your any, any futures bets here for the, for the, for the Nets? 
And you, here's the deal. The Nets have proven they can't win without Kyrie, okay? That's the bottom line. And I don't think they should be favorites to win the NBA Finals, even though they are right now. Not much, but they still are, them and the Lakers. And you don't know. And even with uh, Durant, uh, you know, he's very fragile. The Nets have never – the three-headed monsters never, ever materialized, and it probably never will because I was listening to your show earlier today, and I know that most people feel that Kyrie may never even be in a net uniform again. There's just too much distractions here. All right, they're playing the Bucks on Tuesday night. I'm all over Milwaukee this game. I'm taking Milwaukee plus the one on Tuesday. Um, and uh, I don't think the Nets get to the finals because I think you see there's too many distractions. There's a lot of improvements in the East. And, of course, Miami Heat's one of the biggest surprises in the NBA. Don't be surprised <laughs> if the Miami Heat will uh, I know, will I know. I've been telling Ty. I've been telling Ty. He's not listening to me. And tell, um, <laughs> and tell Ty his Lakers aren't coming out of the West either because I know he's a big Laker fan here. I don't the have Lakers the Lakers just- either. I've got Golden State. Listen, the Lakers will hire – don't give anybody a million bucks and play for them if they can shoot. I mean, but I'm curious to see how Westbrook and LeBron share the ball. That's all I want to see. And last but not least, what, what are your expectations for the Knicks? Oh, I love the Knicks. The Knicks made me a ton of money last year. We were all disappointed when they lost the Atlanta Hawks, but the Knicks had a great season right here, the home on 98.7. I'm expecting the Knicks to make a statement. They got uh, Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. If Walker stays healthy, I think that the Knicks uh, can, can get to the 45 to 50 win plateau. I know it's a little bit ambitious, but I think that this is the right chemistry here. And Julius Randle, listen, I think he's a great player. And I know that some people, you know, didn't feel that way when he didn't play well against Atlanta. But now he's not going to be the focus of the offense. Last year, everyone knew that Julius was going to shoot the ball. Now you've got three guys who can shoot the ball legitimately and score double digits. Go Knicks and look for the Knicks to beat the Celtics Wednesday night. He is Joe Wiz, and uh, you can hear his shows right here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com, featuring their $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge. Make spread bets each week for a shot at their $1 million weekly and season-long prize pool. Visit PlaySugarHouse.com for full details. Must be located in New Jersey and 21 or older. Gambling problem? Make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe, thank you so much. Good luck this week. Thank you very much. You got it.